Thanks for tuning in to McNamara on Money, a podcast about all things financial. On this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's not the case with callers we may speak to on this show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Listeners to this podcast need to check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. And good morning. My name is Mike McNamara. Yes, this is my voice. It sounds a little strange this morning being in cold season, but nevertheless, I'm not impersonating myself, folks. I just want to be clear about that. And you're listening. To there's that. only one Mike McNamara. Well, hey, there, there's a number of them, but there's only one that Actually, does Actually, there it. probably are a lot yeah, yeah, of Mike yeah, McNamara. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one just that does this show, though. There's yeah. only one that does a radio show, that's, yeah. I think. Who knows, okay? <laughs> in case you haven't figured it out, folks, my darling daughter and business partner, Alyssa, is uh, with me this morning, or I'm with her. I'm not sure. I'd like to describe that, but good morning, darling daughter. Good morning. All right. Are we going to have some fun this morning or what here? Yes. All right. I'm looking forward to being surprised at what we're talking about See, folks, in case you don't know, (laughs) there's always two of us on the show, but one of us has to do the work and the other one gets to goof off and just walk in and smile. (laughs) I do need a coffee, so do you mind if I pop out for 15 minutes? Well, geez, you're going to leave? Wait a minute. No. Okay. (laughs) So I did the work. The old guy did the work and darling daughter's just cruising this morning here, I think. But somehow or other, I think we'll say one or two. Reversal from what happens in the office these there, days. There you go. No, there kidding, you go. Kidding. Somehow or other, we'll probably say one or two meaningful <laughs> things in the next couple hours, and hopefully it'll be worth your while. So anyway, by the way, I had a couple of thoughts even before we begin here this yeah. morning. So I think we're in my, the 33rd year of this radio show. Okay. Yeah, you said... Ni- 1990. Uh, 1990, that's right. 1990. Wow. Okay, yeah, think about that. Holy cow. Okay. You should have a 35th anniversary I, I, party. I think I have the record here. I'm not sure. Is that right? We're going to check on that sometime. But anyway, 33 years. Who knew? That's a lot of Saturday mornings, isn't it? Huh? And the Holy. business okay. is 20... 87, 1987. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so. Third, this is the third... Last year was the 30. Yeah. Fifth year, then, yeah, I think. Is that right? Son of a gun. Yeah. yeah, son of a gun. Who knew? That just means we're all still alive. It just means we're that's older? That's a good thing. Old? Yeah, <laughs> older, too. Yeah, even you. Yeah, I, I know. And doing something right. Yeah. By, yes. by the way, one of the things I'm going to do a show, next, my next show is going to be movies we've seen before. Okay? And after doing that, getting ready for it, I figured out anybody that was born, like, after 1980... Okay, thinks the world is rosy and has never been through a whole lot of a mess. And I, yeah. I, I can defend that easily in the next... From an investment perspective. Yeah, from an investment point of view. Yeah. It's like really, all the fun stuff happened before folks were born in 1980. Of course, even if you were born in 1980, you were two years old by the, in 82 and probably didn't notice anyway. But right. anyway, the only other random <laughs> thought I had this morning, so it's probably illegal, but I think we should check with the Securities and Exchange Commission and ask them if we can call ourselves precision financial planners. Because I love the precision... Weatherman. I think that's really a cool oh, yeah, yeah. thing. But they probably would have a problem with us calling ourselves precision financial advisors. <laughs> we think, yeah, just a kind of a thought that went in and out of my head. That's not a knock on Weatherman. They can be precision with all their radar and stuff. We can't actually use any adjectives well, yeah, that complement ourselves yeah, that's in our right. business. No, that's, that's no okay. adjectives allowed. Tough way to run a business, yeah. right? But hey, what are you going to do? Anyway, so folks. Let's see. All right. Five minutes into the show, I suppose I should talk about what we're going to talk about here. So I'm going to talk about bad markets for stocks and bonds, but not as much as I usually do. I'm going to talk about people's behavior 
during bad markets for stocks and behind bonds, which is actually the most important part of the whole deal. Markets are going to do what they're going to do, but what people do about what the markets are doing is either really good, really bad, and usually really bad, and people usually make the wrong decisions about that sort of a thing. So we're going to be talking about human behavior, and I think the official title for the show is Random Thoughts on Bad Stock and Bond Markets and Human Behavior. It's not exactly a something you can put on a marquee sign and yeah. drum up business. but well, that, that always segue into behavior yeah. after bad markets and in good markets. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, And again, if you've listened to this radio show before, we want to not heavy duty into excitement and, and marketing and personal stuff. We just call it like it is and hopefully have people make sense of some things that's going on out there in the world. So anyways, so that's the, the general theme. And the reason we're going to spend a lot of time talking about different categories of investors. And instead of by age, I, and you can help me along here, my, my stab is when we get to start to talk about the behavior part, folks that are single and younger that's one category of investor. Uh-huh. Uh, folks that are married without kids, I'd call that another category. Folks that are married with kids, pretty much anywhere along the kid spectrum for age is like a third category. And then there's the pre-retiree category, which is probably some folks in their 50s who are starting uh-huh. to think about it. Then there's the retirees. And I thought we have a bunch of those different flavors listening to this show. And over the course of the show, I thought we'd throw out some thoughts or generic recommendations about what people in those breakdowns should and shouldn't be doing about bad markets. And by the way, m- more importantly, what they should and shouldn't be doing about their own personal financial lives and situation, which is much more important than what's going on in the stock market. Right. Except people just don't realize that sort of it. So that, I know that's a fuzzy start, but that, that's kind of where we're going here. For a very short time, I'm going to talk a little about market and market behavior. And then we're going to get into the fun stuff, which is human behavior, which is the short story, folks, is I'll, I'll get to the end. Human beings are not wired to be successful investors. It does not come into the human genome for the vast amount of folks who are human beings. I'm sorry, I have my biases, but I have a lot of evidence to, to, to support that conclusion. And I think we're not wired because I think we're wired for survival. Okay, done some deep thinking about this, preparing for this show, but survival and staying alive is like probably the most important thing that we worry about. When it comes to our money and our family, we just transpose that into that situation. It makes sense, but by the way, thinking that way can be very harmful as an investor, okay? And it's just so tough to understand that and then to maybe behave appropriately or avoid inappropriate behavior during what are bad financial times. And with the torrent of bad news going on out there in the world in whatever media format you listen to or watch these days, vastly negative and vastly assaulting us with the world is coming to an end, things are, everything is bad. It's just so difficult people to make sense of, understand what's going on with money in the investment world and to do the right thing. Really hard. And any reaction to that? We know. We see them all the time, basically. Well, I also think yeah. we're wired for, I also think many of us are wired for success. And for, I guess what I'm thinking of is the reason that people are uncomfortable with seeing the value of their money go down, mm-hmm. even if they might know it's even temporary. Even for a day. Okay, yeah, right. Huh? They don't really think 
they see it going down and they don't really associate it with being temporary. They think it's a loss. I think mm-hmm. people are, we want to be successful and we know that in order to be successful later in life, we need to accumulate money and have money in the bank and have sizable investments. And I think it's hard for people to, to feel that success in good markets yep. and see the balances yep. grow and grow and then take a setback. It's, I don't know, it's, is it a, it's a temporary, it might feel like a failure or a temporary failure. What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. I, I had the success and now I have a setback. So I think that's part of it too and why down markets are so hard emotionally. The, the other thing, the, and the behavior, the bad news and the evil motive that's just a bad combination when it comes, oh, I got to do something with my money, the world, I got to go protect it, I got to do it like my life. Yeah, you have to protect it, but they're, that's a pretty fuzzy definition in our world. You're protecting it against what? You know, yeah. inflation, taxes, yeah. going down tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe people also feel like they need to be doing something. Like it's yeah, hard for people exactly. to understand, like, this is happening. Yeah. I'm seeing my balances go down. Yeah. I need to do something about it yeah. and I need to make a change in order for it to get better. Yeah. But it takes some training and education to let people know that actually, no, this is one of those times where you don't, you shouldn't actually do anything, probably shouldn't do anything. If you are, if you have a a mixture of investments that's appropriate for your time and circumstances and Mm -hmm. understand that, and if you have rebalancing built into that, and if you have enough emergency reserves to survive the bad times, folks, you already did it. People, very few people ask me anymore, what should I do? Because they've, been, they've seen this rodeo multiple been, times. you've been training like, them. Yeah, right. yeah, I need to do something. You already did it. Okay, nobody in the world, n- nobody I ever met, no money manager I have ever listened to, no no loud mouth billionaire that gets a news flash for whatever reason because they made a lot of money. N- nobody ever said that they could predict the future and know what's going on, folks. And the other part that bothers is that there's nothing that's guaranteed. Life is not guaranteed. So mm. it's not guaranteed. Retirement is not. And you put all those things together and it's just a, whoa, lots of stuff to worry about as you're a person. Yeah. And unless you've got a, a whole lot of knowledge, a whole lot of experience, okay? And by the way, maybe some faith in the future to mix into that equation. It's tough to, to, the vast majority of people don't do very with their money because of their behavior, not what the markets do. So folks, that's what we're going to try to I know, avoid or throw out some comments here during the next hour and 50, 45 minutes, whatever. I was just what? thinking how interesting what? it is, like, yeah. you know, that people often want to do something yeah. when yeah. their yeah. money is temporarily down in value or going yeah. down in value. They want to do something and make a change. I just yeah. think it's interesting it, because, it, I don't know, I feel like we're a society that can be lazy. Uh, it's yeah. like in many aspects of life, but in this aspect, it's well, people want to, I want to do something, I want to make a change, but I don't necessarily think that that describes humans in general in our society you know something goes wrong in other aspects of their life I don't know I feel like they're not always wanting to do something and make a change and make it better and work for it but but this is it's different in the world of Uh, of and a part of that is we live in an instantaneous world of information so it's folks it's really tough to be a patient investor and allow the companies that you may own in your portfolio to grow over right. a meaningful period of time. In a world where we can watch a war across the planet and people die in almost lot. So there's so much information out there in so many different forms and it's 90% all bad and scary yeah. because that's what sells. How do you make a buck in the investment world? The answer is it's hard, folks. It's really hard. You know why it's, it's easier to be, <clears throat> one of the reasons it's easier to be a real estate owner, real estate as an investment owner, yeah 
your yeah. piece of real estate isn't valued you don't, every minute you of don't know every how much day it goes down. between 9 yeah. 30 and right. 4 p.m right. every single day yeah. you're not yeah. seeing the value of it change too much every information day it's valued every what five years how often yeah. do people value their homes yeah. five years yeah. that's what they should do in the world of their yeah. investments but as well most of them don't right. folks okay anyway so with that kind of background yeah let me skip to the end okay markets do whatever markets do you can be prepared for it but whatever people do about markets is where you make or lose your money, folks. Unless capitalism yeah. comes to an end and the world does permanently come to an end, to go back to the Stone Age, okay, there are certain historical things that are written pretty much in stone about how you make money, folks. And those rules are very difficult to follow when everybody's assaulting you about with bad news and the world's coming to an end and you have this survival instinct that you got to take care of your family and your retirement and stuff like that. And it we just not wired for that, folks. And that's why they have financial advisors. And that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there who can't do this on their own. Don't mm-hmm. think there's a lot of them. Okay. And they're probably not listening to the show anyway. The things. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Okay. By the way, I right, so first of all, and I don't want to be a jinx, but <clears throat> the market low for the 2022. Thus far. Did you peek in this or what? Did you read this or not? No, but I know you. Oh, actually, no, I read uh, the first uh, half uh, of the first. Well, sure, I don't the answer. (laughs) So, folks, just, this is just a statement of fact to begin the show. First fact, statement of fact is all the bad markets through our entire lifetime in history have ended and gotten better. And by the way, they got better than the last time they were better. And they've gone up in, in an erratic fashion for a long time, okay? So the for the 2022-2023 bear market, fact, the low for this bear market was October 13th of 2022. And since that time, the Standard & Poor's 500 through yesterday, by the way, 500 of the largest publicly traded companies in America, okay, is up 15.7% in four months. Folks, that's just a fact. Am I predicting the end of the bear market? Nope, I'm not that dumb. Okay, but just in case you missed it, the low for this market so far was back on October 13th. Who knows what happens from here? Okay, you don't want to believe that because you're worried about it still coming to an end. I understand. I'm just merely pointing out a fact, okay, that we're 15% higher in four months than we were four months ago. Yeah. And if you annualize that, I'm not even going to do it on the radio show, but <laughs> not a bad return. Okay. And by the way, <clears throat> another fact is that in calendar 2022, the Standard & Poor's 500, again, the 500 biggest publicly traded companies in America, okay, its return for the year, okay, with dividends, and counted different ways, was a minus 18.11%. By the way, as stock market down years go, that was a hiccup compared to some of the yeah. real fun calendar years we've had in the stock market. Son of a gun, I, I think Jerry from Duxbury is still alive. Jerry, nice to hear from you. It's been a while. It has been a while. Actually, that's why I'm calling to let you know. 
know I'm still here. Oh, all right. I'm glad. <laughs> well, hallelujah. <laughs> nice to chat with you. Why are you here? Why aren't you in Florida? My, let's put it this way. There was a little water that got into my Florida place, and I'm wintering in Marshfield and not happy about it. But It's been like summer in Marshfield yeah, well, this winter. Hey, no it's still cold up here. No, th- <laughs> th- thank you for being sensitive. But no, I'm four and a half miles from the Sanibel Causeway, but there managed to be six inches of salt water in my first floor in my pretty nice home down there. Plenty of insurance. We're getting it fixed up, but I'm up here freezing, Jerry, to be perfectly honest with you. But what are you going to do? <laughs> so how's retirement going for you and everything? Things good or what? Yeah, things are good. Yeah. I called with a suggestion. When you do your show today, it's time to bring out your example of the yo-yo on Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. It's on the agenda. Thank you. You remember that. Jerry, why don't you do the yo-yo example? This is perfect. Go for it. it <laughs> is this great or what? You're going to love this. Okay. Go for the it. The market should be viewed as a person with a yo-yo, which goes up and down, riding on an escalator, which <laughs> steadily goes up. See, Lisa, they remember that stuff. Good, no, I, it's a good visual. <laughs> yeah, and most people That's the best ju- one I've ever heard, actually. It is. If, and if you yeah. just look at the yo-yo, yeah. it goes up and down. It never makes any sense. But if, if you back away and get some perspective, mm-hmm. son of a gun, the last time the yo-yo went down... This time it didn't go down as far, and it's just really. Th- th- thank you, Jerry. Yeah. Make my day, by the way. I appreciate that. So, of all the things I've heard on the radio show, your radio show, that's what I remember the most. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So, by the way, yeah. Re- in really, really slow motion now. Yeah. yeah. If only the bar people want the yo-yo, yeah. the recovery from the markets to be that quick. You yeah. Know, as a yo-yo comes back up, but it, it's not. It can take months or years. Jerry, again, folks, I don't know Jerry professionally speaking. He's been a great caller over the years. So, a- any advice to? Uh, I'm going to talk about people making mistakes and not doing dumb things. Do you have any advice for our listeners doing your own thing over the years and some things you've learned or whatever? Go for it. My, my, I'm not a professional as you and your daughter are, but my advice is do nothing. You're prepared already. You're prepared. Yeah. You've got plenty of cash in the bank. So you see if, you need, if your income went down for a while. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Sure. And that that's one of the secrets. And you probably have a portfolio, however it's mixed, that you can stomach the amount that it goes down. That was built into what the expectations are. And do you do some rebalancing from time to time, I presume? From time to time, yeah. but it's basically all going to go to the kids someday, so it's real long-term. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, it's just so hard for people to be patient and to ignore that. So, super. And any other thoughts for us? Good to hear from you, by the way. So are you doing much traveling or getting around, or what's going on? No, I did so much traveling in my work life that I'm just enjoying Duxbury and enjoying retirement. Nice. All right, listen, th- thank you so much for Make my day with the yo-yo and the escalator. I appreciate that. Okay? All right. Take care. Hey, hang in there, Jerry. We'll talk next next time, okay? Yep. Bye, Jerry. Take All care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See that? You laugh sometimes when I make up these stories, okay? But <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall laughing at the yo-yo one. No, no, that no. is a good one. That was, by the way, that was yeah. from Don Connolly from Putnam Investments oh. back in the 1980s, oh, wow, as okay. a matter of fact. Okay. I will never, ever forget that. Nothing's original, folks, in any business, given the circumstances. <laughs> no, so, so, this is perfect. Let me, I may as well finish that example. Jerry did a very good yep. fo- Folks, if you, the market goes up, the market goes down, how can I ever make any money? If you're looking at somebody that's flipping a yo-yo, go up and down and is sta- and he or she is standing still yeah never makes any sense up down up down how can i possibly make any money doing that put that person on an escalator and by the way okay the bottom of the escalator is on your left the 
top of the escalator is on your right, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the way market charts go over the long run. They go northeast in terms of a general direction. Yep. So if you just watch the yo-yo, you don't have the perspective of watching the escalator. And by the way, we'll explain what moves that escalator a little later on in the show, probably towards the very end. We'll save that for big secret. Folks, it's not a big secret. It's pretty simple, actually, if you understood that. Okay, thank you, Jerry. Make my day. Anyway, yep. In 2022, the Standard & Poor's was down 18%. Folks, and I'll be, let's see, I can tell you right now. Okay, hang on a second. So just in case you're curious, 18% for a year in the stock market being down, that's a... That's yeah, that was, it wasn't bad. Well, I mean, tight. even at the worst, the S&P yeah. was only down, what, 23, yeah. 24%? Yeah. By I the think? way, yeah. So by the way, we had a down 57 in 2009, and we had a down 49 in 2002. So a mere, yeah. a mere bu- speed bump on the uh-huh. investors, like highway of life sort of a thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And one other thing. All right. So, and one other thing before the break. Son of a gun. We may have to do two shows on this. I don't know. I have to get past my first paragraph. <laughs> this outline's like this, eight pages this long. three stories. Okay. This happens every <laughs> time. <laughs> That's right. Better to overprepare than underprepare. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So basically, okay. So I'll just read this. Okay. So markets go up, markets go down, right? This is courtesy of the Putnam folks in Boston. Okay. And there's a wonderful part put out by... Putnam and updated every year, something to do with market highs and lows. Okay, here we go, very quickly. Uh, Folks, 1987, down 34%, up 528%. 2002, down 49%, up 101%. 2009, down 57%, up 401%. Folks, you can get mighty rich, okay, going down that much and going up that Mm -hmm. much. That was 35 or 40 years, however long that is. The yo-yo and the escalator. Remember, stay on the escalator. We'll be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. We're back. This is McNamara on Money. My name is Mike McNamara, and this is the real Mike McNamara with a slight cold or whatever. How'd you make out there, darling? Are you got some coffee brewing there or what? Nope. No. No coffee here. Oh my gosh. Are you going to be all right for the rest of the, the show? The kitchen is podless. I, I apologize on behalf of the <laughs> WATD kitchen department. So, so we're going to sneak out of here at the break and yep. get a coffee. Yep. You can leave me all by myself on this radio oh, show. Oh my goodness. I'm not sure if I can Mike, I that. think you'll be okay. Uh, I'll be all right. This, next is, break. this is really well, scary. Break. My daughter is a caffeine junkie. I guess I can can deal with that. Okay. All right. So anyway, folks, we're talking about bad markets, but mostly people's bad behavior that happens in bad markets, which costs them lots of money here. Okay. One more. All right. I'm going to read this little piece of history again because it's just the best chart on the planet. There's a Putnam chart that you can probably take a peek at online. Actually, I have it on my, my iPad here someplace. It's called Market. Market says are bigger than market declines or something like that. But it's a pre- pretty pretty beautiful chart. They update it every year. And here's the deal. Okay, so I, I told you about markets going up and down. So here's the deal. 1987, the market goes down 34%. Yeah, and after that, it went up 
528%. Oh, I think I'm ahead of the game so far. In 2002, it went down 49%. Yeah, and then it was followed by 101% after that. And then, oh yeah, in 2009, it goes down 57%. And pay attention to this, folks. Followed by an up 401%. 36 years on the escalator, a boatload of money if you merely closed your eyes, owned the 500 biggest companies in America, and either that or went to sleep and woke up in time for retirement or something along those lines. You got a comment on that? I was just thinking, <laughs> but to give it a little perspective, if yeah. you're down 50%, you need to be back up 100% uh, uh, to I'm, even just be even, but still with those, with that particular return. With those return, numbers, you yeah. are very wealthy for the last 36 years. If you just hung on, had faith, okay, and didn't pay too much attention to the world coming into an end, which probably come to an end about eight times since 1987, plus or minus. And I'm yeah. not being casual about that, folks, at all. I'll get to that in a little while, too. All right, yeah, and then the only the only other thing before we get into behavior is that um, there's always some kind of a cause that causes this bad market to happen. And the causes are different, but there aren't, you, there, there aren't more than eight or ten causes over history. It can be a war. we got one of those things. It can be high interest rates. It can be inflation, whatever. And there's a phrase in, this invest, in the investment world that's deadly to investors. And the phrase is, it's different this time. Okay? A bad market always has a different cause, but it's never different. Okay? We have this problem. People recognize it. They sell their stocks because they get nervous, okay? And if it's a big enough problem, people, institutions, or governments, they said, maybe we better try to start fixing this. And over some period of time, whatever the problem was, either gets over or is dealt with, and then people feel better, and they go back and buy stocks, and things go back up again. So that is never different. The villains that cause these things, and they change all the time, but it's never different, okay? And this time around, it's more, it's probably more scary in my opinion than any time I've been in this business. I've been in this business since 1980. Okay, let's see, we have really uncomfortable nasty war going on across the, across half the globe in the Ukraine, okay? We have inflation that I think we're getting over with, but we've had some pretty scary inflation. We have high interest rates. Okay, that's bad if you're, a, if you're a mortgage person. That's good if you're a saver, by the way. We have natural disasters. We have the environment, okay? We have the effects of COVID. We have supply chain. There's so many yeah. things going on in the last couple of years. It really is scary. Folks, pick one. We figure it all out over some period of time. Or well, we go back to the Stone Age. P- pick one, okay, and act from there. It's always bad. It's never comfortable. It's always scary. But up until this morning, we've always gotten by them gotten better and people have gotten their wealth back and then some if they did the right things. Uh, many folks do the wrong things and swear off investing for all their lives and that's a little scary. Okay. I think I'm finished. We get to the behavior part. Any final thoughts before we skip along? No, I mean, I was was having a conversation with a client this past week about that basically. And just, if you just step back and think about what needs, what the fact that really investing is owning businesses 
Huh? Really? There's oh, no. Wait a minute, that's like, what it's about. What? Let me check this. And I guess if you're a bondholder, l- lending money to organizations that will that need to raise money, yeah. like governments, for example, it's hard to imagine. Well, at least the U.S. government not needing to borrow money in order to one point four trillion project. So, and <clears throat> if businesses continue to exist, which they will, barring a global nuclear war or something that ends all business, but. businesses will continue to exist indefinitely and will will they continue to be profitable indefinitely? It's hard to imagine that they wouldn't at least over some period of time. If you own enough of them, you can hedge that bet, right? Yeah, Yeah. there's no point. I guess you can't guarantee that business would continue to be profitable, but there's no point in people owning businesses if they're not profitable. So they, that just would, it's just going to be a natural evolution. Yeah, folks, if if the market went down, you're still buying toothpaste. You're still buying laundry soap. Yeah. You're still getting your car fixed. Businesses, Uh, (coughs) business will always be be profitable at over some period of time because right. otherwise why would business owners own a business? Thank why you. would they put in the work to own a business if they weren't going to profit from it themselves yeah. and thus their investors? Yeah. And yeah, there's, and so there's, if you look at the big picture, yeah. which is you're investing in businesses, we'll get to that a little bit later on maybe too, but that's what you're doing folks. Okay. Yeah. That's a little less scary. So uh, no matter what the external environment yeah. <clears throat> is, businesses will yeah. always look to adapt yeah. so that they if, will be profitable. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's get to the human behavior. Okay. okay. All right. Are we only here on the yeah, outline? Yeah, basically we <laughs> have Yeah, we've just got there, yeah. Nice. Uh, anyway, I've read, I, as you know, because I have the time, I read fairly copious amounts of industry news and go from there. But anyway, I've read that in 2022, 401k investors, by and large, stayed buckled up and didn't panic. I There wasn't any, weren't any backup statistics or breakdown. I'd like to believe that, and I hope it's true. Okay, because generally, if you're well enough prepared and have a decent portfolio, doing nothing is the best thing. But I, and again, I would, I would love to see some statistics. What did you read that most of them the, stayed the, buckled up? Yeah, that the, you said? yeah. Mo- for most last did, calendar yeah, year, for last calendar, most like didn't more care. than historically. <clears throat> yeah, but that's of course they didn't give any oh, heavy duty statistics no or breakouts. Probably or, yeah, they was, surveyed like five hundred people. Yeah, yeah, it was probably written by a twenty-eight-year-old English major and didn't bother getting into some of the more. <laughs> Pardon me, but more important stuff, okay, given the circumstances. Okay. That's another thing, by the way. Folks who write financial articles, I mean, who are those people? What are their qualifications? That's another story. Anyway, so yeah, so I hope that's true. Okay, but then again, I don't know what people own. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking maybe we ought to give some really generic advice to some people in 401ks that's good behavior and bad behavior, okay, during market downturns. And so I thought I'd start with... Oh, go ahead. I was just thinking there, there could be something to that. The It's more common... It's more common now. First of all, 401ks, the investment choices available in there are different now than they were 10, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. In terms of the default investments and the target date investments that are now available to people yep. versus them doing their, putting together their own portfolio. Mm-hmm. And most investors probably shouldn't be doing that on their own and wouldn't be doing that as successfully on their own. Pardon our biases, folks. Yes. And I would say... It seems pro- probably the majority of people that have money in 401ks right now are in or have some of their money in these target date retirement funds, which yep. are <clears throat> diversified, professionally managed. Pre-canned portfolios. They're actually, and, but, and they're actually, <clears throat> from what I've seen, they're actually on the conservative side. Yep. Like even the yep. most aggressive target date funds that I generally see have 10 to 15% bond exposure. Yep. So they're, they're like hedged toward being a little bit conservative, which is probably 
appropriate for most 401k investors just because they're, they don't really know what they're doing on their own. And yeah. it's like oh, they're catering yeah. to a lot better than before. Yeah. yeah. Are they in a bad market? Are they trending <laughs> down a little bit less than they were prior? Someone's in 401k investment prior when they did their own portfolio and just put it in one stock fund. Yep. So I, okay. I think that's probably, there's probably <clears throat> something to that yep. in, ter- in, in terms of people are now probably more appropriately invested in their 401ks than ever before because yep. of these target date funds. All right. So I thought we'd, we may have some different opinions, which is the fun part. Okay. So I thought we'd take some generic, my generic categories of investors and talk about their asset allocations and their contribution strategy. Okay. okay? All right. And I'll take, the, for me, the most difficult one first, which would be single younger folk of whatever age, not yet married with kids, a thing. Okay. In, in, in my humble opinion, generically speaking, Somebody should own a bond until they're 50, okay, personally. Except those uneducated 401k investors yeah, that... <laughs> that would leave after the stocks. Right, was, I, I think We're that's talking generic still behavior. Okay. Okay. Those target funds, I Th- think it's This is still a recommending okay. recommendation for a generic client. Got it, got it. But, but anyway, I think any folks that are, I hate to use age, but 20s and 30s, it's probably the, the ballpark. In yeah. There. Hopefully they're not buying too much crypto. And they probably found that out last year. There's a lot of crypto. I was reading some statistics for a show a couple of weeks ago about yeah. something like 46% of millennials yeah. own cryptocurrency. Oh, good. So they, okay, can learn. Hopefully you learn early. Yeah. And, uh, and hopefully it's a relatively small exposure to it anyway, if it's... Hopefully you make most of your mistakes half of them own it, yeah. early in life. But anyway, folks, for somebody in that single category, their asset allocation should be 100% stocks, okay? And that should be a diversified stock portfolio of small, medium, and large ones all over the planet. For their retirement money, you're For their retirement about. money, okay. That, yeah. that, that's my, okay, so you're right. What's your suggestion for that? I agree for their long-term <coughs> retirement money, but <coughs> that category of investor might also fund set aside for their first home yeah. or for their sabbatical. Yeah, yeah, the money that goes into Shorter the term. specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and by the way, if you, if folks, if you've got five pies, who are choices in the 401k plan, it's the one that's the scariest one with all the stocks <laughs> and the bright colors. Okay, so yeah, okay, so gen- generally speaking, for people who have money in the bank and data, people in younger singles should be putting their contributions in a completely diversified stock portfolio. Okay. So by the way, so now let's talk about behavior. Okay, so folks, here's bad behavior. Bad behavior is, whoops, the market's going down I'm going to stop my 401k contributions or the market's going down. I'm just going to buy some bonds or cash with my contributions. I'm not going to buy those stocks till they get better. I'll come back to that one. Okay. Or let's see, not only am I going to stop my contributions or buy bonds, I'm going to take my whole portfolio and go to cash and wait till this is over. And then I'll get back in when things are quote unquote better, which we'll take care of in a moment, folks. Okay. And good behavior, two, two kinds of good behavior. Continue to fund it at the level that you're funding it at and or buckle up and put some more money and increase your portfolio. Mm-hmm. All right. Your comments. I agree with that, of course, but, and I also think that this young millennial generation has pretty good behavior in this regard. I don't know many 20-something investors. If they're buying crypto, I'm not sure about, but we'll Well, talk about that. Well, yeah, hopefully it's a relatively small percentage of what they're investing in, but again, I don't know many 
investors of that demographic yeah. personally. I okay. know some, but a lot of them are do-it-yourself investors. And I have a feeling that they do have pretty good behavior and they recognize buying opportunities. They have a pretty high tolerance for risk okay. and they're pretty well-read okay. in terms of the information available, in terms of good investing behavior and things like that. There's too much information out there about how wonderful crypto is and they're, yeah. <laughs> they're buying into that. But I think that this generation probably has good behavior. They have had great markets to be invested in yep. for yeah. What, 10, 12 years? Not, you're born in 1980. You haven't, so, yeah, 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 they have. They've come into their adulthood and they're Excuse investing me. lives in good markets, yeah. generally okay. speaking. So they have a high tolerance for risk. All right, so two other questions. What percentage of income in a Roth 401k or a regular for these folks? 10 to 15%. Okay. Do you disagree? No. Oh, no. yeah. I think I think if you're young and single, you probably have relatively more money than if you were married and had kids. Oh, sure. I, that's just a guess. Yeah, yeah. And yep. so I think that as high a percentage as you could put in there, certainly when you're starting out, you won't miss it probably sort of thing. So I, I think minimum of 10 and hopefully more. Yeah. Okay. Justin yeah. and I just did a show about front-loading retirement yeah. for this young generation. Yeah. Yeah. And if they can do 20, 25. Oh. I know some clients that put upwards of 50% of their growth. They're yeah. single yeah. and they put upwards of 50% yeah. of their gross income away for retirement and they're trying to front load. Yeah, yeah. For you younger yeah. folks listening That's out there, pretty cool. uh, the compounding of interest is the eighth wonder yeah. of the world. It's better to be young and poor and putting away 25% than it is to be older and making a lot of money and putting away five or 10 because you've got time on your side to balloon that portfolio over time. Yeah. Okay, and so what about Roth versus regular 401ks for a choice? I think Roth for at least uh, some person, it depends on their income for me and their tax bracket, yeah. but I think for 20s and 30s, they should be putting something into Roth. Yeah. Even if they're in a high tax, a yep. high in quote tax bracket now because yep. tax brackets aren't high right now. Yep. But even if you're 20 and 30 and making 100 or 50, or 200 grand, I think you should be putting some money in a Roth 401k if you can, just because the compounding yeah. earnings and, in a Roth are amazing. And you, and you never amazing. know what's going to have tax. Yeah, tax exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and cool, for, cool. for 20s and 30s in lower tax brackets, yeah. put all of it into a Roth yep. if you can. Yeah. But buckle up. You'll be happy you did that. Yeah, it'll be a long time yeah. from now, assuming you can leave it alone. Oh, by the way, bad behavior also means taking money out and crashing it or doing something else with it or taking a loan against your 401k. That's right. another piece of bad behavior. Okay, yeah. all right, so good. Yeah. All right, so my next really generic category was folks who are married who have not yet had kids. I'm going to guess that's 30s and 40s, somewhere in there, okay? And they don't have kids and aren't planning some for at least a while. Okay. S same kind of advice? I think it's uh, the same kind of investor as a young single, 20, yeah. so 20 30 something. Yeah, yeah. Aggressive. Okay. The same thing. Can you front load your retirement savings yeah. or save as much as you can because life gets a lot more expensive when you yeah. have kids? And They're have probably starting and, yeah. to save for a home, okay? So maybe the contributions shrink a little bit. It, folks, if it's a minimum 10%, at least you're in the ballpark. Yeah. Right? I, I would, this is a generic comment. If you could put 10% of your salary every year for your life into the 401k and have your mortgage be zero by the time you retire, you're probably in pretty good shape. Mm -hmm. And if you did the right thing in terms of the asset allocation. So mm -hmm. I would always say minimum 10% and one yeah. you can more. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so those folks probably probably pretty similar. Okay. So now it gets, to, so the, the only difference there, those probably 
folks are probably saving for a house before they're thinking about kids. Is that a safe assumption or not um, sure? But <coughs> Yeah, or if they're yeah. 30s and 40s, they might yeah. already own a home and just haven't had kids yet, or yeah. maybe they're not going to have kids. Yeah. But So they're probably going to save some money for a down payment for a home. So as a married couple, maybe the percentages go down. But folks, if you can always keep it at least at 10%, and never blink and don't have a mortgage by the time you retire. You've got to be in pretty decent shape given yeah. the circumstances. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it starts to get tricky with folks who have kids. And that kid range can be a you know, big one given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. These are probably fi- people like like mid-30s all the way up to 55, mm-hmm. probably something like that. That's probably the range, right? Yeah. And let's see. So they're either... They're probably in a house, hopefully, okay, and they're probably thinking about saving for some money for some kids, okay? By the way, we'll get into some more detailed behaviors a little later on about financial plans and what some of these folks should be doing actually in these lives. We're just talking about the 401k piece right now. (coughs) Excuse me, folks, but yeah, so probably because they're they have a mortgage now and because they're saving hopefully enough money for some kids okay that their contributions will be lower than before they were married probably but if you can keep it at least at 10 percent you're okay all right if you're okay so let's talk about the mixture because there's a broad range here yeah. What are, you, what are your thoughts? I want to break that into two different You're pieces. You're talking about retirement planning? Yeah, well, I'm talking about retirement asset allocation. It's different for a 35-year-old and a 55-year-old, and they both could have 50s. Yeah. I'm going to call people in their 50s pre-retirees. Okay, some of them have kids. It's hard. I know. It's, it's more, hard. It's yeah. more, of course, it's need-based, yeah. right? Are yeah. they 55, yeah. but they are haven't accumulated enough for retirement, and they're going to be, and they can't save right now because their kids are going through college and they want to help them. Yep. And if that 55-year-old is going to work another 15 or 20 years to be able to afford to retire, then they should still be aggressive in all stock in their 401k. There are some 50, 55 year olds that are more well positioned. They could be positioned for early retirement and maybe they shouldn't be very aggressive in their 401k if they're hoping to retire at 58. So it's more need-based. Although the people that have, or that, that would, you know, that envision early retirement generally are, would be like accumulating a chunk of money outside of a 401k. And so they might not need the retirement plan for a long time. So they could still be aggressive in that chunk of money and then utilize cash in another investment for the shorter term. So... It sounds confusing, folks, because everybody's different. I don't know. Give they, me an exact yeah. scenario. I can't solve this in a gen- no, generic no. fashion. I, I, yeah. I, let's go back to that. Yeah. Assuming you've got adequate reserves, assuming you've got some money going for kids that's the right amount and you planned about that. We'll get back. We'll yeah. get to some detailed behaviors maybe in yeah. this show a little later on. You should hopefully do at least a minimum of 10%. And if you're under 50, you should be still heavily in the stock area. Folks, though, yeah. a, a little... A little background. My, my, my bias, which I think I'm pretty comfortable with, is that if you get at least 10 years to leave your money alone, there's a mighty good chance you'll make some decent money, although that's not guaranteed. Yeah. Folks. There's been a few 10-year periods where you didn't, but not many. Not many. Not many given the circumstances. I actually think it's almost, I think it's quite often appropriate, regardless of age, to be on the aggressive side in a 401k, yep. assuming yep. there are other monies outside of the 401k, a yep. non-retirement account or cash in the bank or a rollover from a prior job or a Roth, or if there are other monies outside of a 401k, that could be be positioned at a lower risk if they're needed in the shorter term, yep. like less than 10 years. Yep. I think it's 
I often recommend that my clients are more aggressive in their 401ks, even if they're in their sure. 50s and 60s, because it's. I think it's good to be aggressive in the account that you're adding with on a recurring, that you're adding yes. to on a recurring basis, because even in volatile markets like we had last year, it's great to be adding to yeah. accounts that are on yeah. the aggressive side when they're trending down in value. It's a little hard for people to understand, but to be adding money to something that is trending down and shares are going on sale, I think is a good thing. Yeah. So I'm often more, if my clients have any more com- balanced or conservative monies, it, it's generally outside of the 401k that they're adding to actively. And we take a little bit more risk in those accounts for that reason, because they're adding to it. Yeah. It's b- being more aggressive. It's interesting. And a long time ago, I said, I think I'm going to track investor performance for the money we manage down the decimal point. And that's a scary thing to start out, but it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? To be able to show people what in their returns and what markets have done. But where I'm going with yeah. this is that if you've been looking at the returns. Okay, so folks, think about this. If you've got a portfolio, okay, and you have a year that you're down a lot, it's going to affect your one-year and your three-year return, your five-year return, maybe not as much, and then your 15. If you looked at the 100% stock portfolios that we have, the five-year returns are almost within... They're really good, yeah. ...what we'd expect because because not only did they go down, but they go up a lot to make up for it. But it's the five-year... It's very interesting. The five-year returns on our 60-40 portfolios and 40-60 portfolios are still below what we hoped. The 10 years are fine, but the five years are not. But on almost all the equity portfolios I peaked at in the last few months, everybody's five-year return is about what we'd hoped for. We hope, folks, for somewhere between a 7 and a 9% return on your stock portfolio. If that sounds low, I can easily justify that if somebody wants to call and discuss that. But anyway, and yeah, and this doesn't, this works for everybody, not just the McNamara portfolio. But yeah, the five-year returns on the all-stock portfolios are just about where they should be, which is pretty cool. Well, I think that's part of the, yeah. and the conservative portfolios aren't necessarily there over three and five years. Yeah. And I think that's related and to the interest rate environment that we yeah, had that's, previously. That's been the bonds. That and the have, bonds yeah, haven't yeah. added much to a portfolio return in the last 10 or 12 years, but hopefully that will change a little bit yeah. moving forward yeah. as we now have some higher interest rates in the world and yeah. conservative portfolios should hopefully have a bit more in the way of returns. Yep. Having said that, inflation was super low, though, except for last year, yeah. inflation was super low. So even yep. conservative portfolios that had returns on the lower side due to low interest rates still outpaced inflation yep. over several periods of time. Remember um, she said that, folks, outpaced inflation. <laughs> That's how you get wealthy. I had some thoughts. You were just Excuse talking me, about- I just wanted, I'm sorry, I don't mean yeah. to interrupt. But I had a caller calling. They made a comment. They were embarrassed to share this on the air. I've heard this before, but when you're a, a, like a married couple, and but it's just you and your spouse, you are sometimes called dinks. Yeah, it, dual income, no kids. Yep, that's, dinks. yeah. She, they, she, they were embarrassed to say it on air, but I just, I wanted to pass it. Are they offended by that? No, or but they, they, didn't uh, want it, oh. they didn't want to say it, but they wanted to pass it along. Yeah. So there you go. I didn't actually know. I knew that's an industry term, yeah. Yeah. dual income, no kids, <laughs> but I actually had someone... I didn't know that the average American knew it. I'd only, yeah, I'd only yeah. say that to my friends. Yeah. I, a, a potential client one time called themselves a dink, and I was like, oh, people know what that is? Oh, I yeah. thought that was just yep. our world. Yeah. Thank and I'm you like, for we sharing. love you. Yeah. You guys yes. are great. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> all right. All right. I had some thoughts about performance tracking, well, but we'll do, we can do that well, after well, the break. You take about 30 seconds before Tim starts playing the music. I, I, can't, okay. I can't do much in 30 seconds. Okay. I have inherited your ability to go on and on about these types of things. So. In that case, yes, um, yes. let's take a break. <laughs> all right.